Hello, everybody. I'm Astronik, your virtual NASA Solar System Ambassador. And welcome to the second episode of Astronomy, a space podcast with a comedic twist. Sounds like a drink, doesn't it? Hey, uh, yeah, I'll have the space podcast with a comedic twist, and uh, can, I, can I get that in a short glass? <clears throat> a very short glass. All right. Uh, first, I want to uh, thank everyone who listened to the first episode, all four of you. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm overwhelmed, actually. Uh, a lot of you listened. I get to see how many people actually listen and how many people listen to the whole thing. And uh, many of you listen to me talk for 23 minutes. So I, I guess I could keep doing this. <clears throat> Sorry if I sound a little funny and if I'm clearing my throat. Uh, so let me just tell everybody um, who doesn't follow me on social media. Um, but I finally got COVID. It, uh, and it stinks. And I've tried very hard not to catch this this virus. Um, since the pandemic happened, I want to say the um, like once pe- you know people started traveling again. Uh, I started traveling in twenty twenty one again, March to about a year after the shutdown, the official shutdown. I started traveling again, and in that time, I have visited eighteen states. Uh, one of the cities I visited was Las Vegas where I attended pool parties and nightclubs, and I partied with hundreds of different strangers every night. I came out of there with nothing, not COVID, not even as far as a slight cold. And then, um, you know, two weeks ago, I'm, I'm in the Grand Canyon. I'm at an event. I'm entertaining up to 7,000 people with a bunch of astronomers. I come home and I'm healthy, and then I take a few days. I go to back to work, and then I, um, I, I end up spending some time over the weekend with some friends locally here, right here, right here where I live. And two days after that, I get violently ill and I catch COVID. So after all of that, <laughs> after being super cautious, wearing you know double masks on airplanes and vigorously washing my hands in public restrooms, I end up getting COVID surrounded by friends exactly where I live. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> okay. A- anyway, I mentioned, uh, that I spent five days entertaining, entertaining like 7,000 people. I personally did not entertain 7,000 people. I-, I think it was actually more people than that at this event, but, um, I participated this year in the Grand Canyon star party. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Absolutely a lot of fun. Uh, I, I, I got a, a, th- thank my friend Vanessa, who uh, she and I will eventually do a podcast, uh, a, a different podcast. This one's just me. Um, but she's a, a NASA solar system ambassador as well. She's uh, based out of Tucson, Arizona. She's the program coordinator for the Mount Lemmon Sky Center. I've been there many years ago. Gorgeous facility. Uh, if uh, you guys want to visit a massive observatory that's on top of a mountain, uh, please, please choose Mount Lemon. Very good place. Uh, they have a 32-inch telescope that'll point to the heavens. Uh, it's it's incredible, absolutely incredible. And they feed you. Yeah, I've I've been to several other observatories where they're not quite like Mount Lemon, and you know Mount Lemon, they, they they they're giving you food. You know, they feed you on this trip. Um, so I think that's just well worth it. Who cares about the stars? 
Let me get some peanut butter and jelly and egg salad sandwiches. Some bag of chips. Mmm. Love it. Um, I don't know if they still serve that. <laughs> they may have upped their game. How about some French bread pizzas? Take it back to elementary school. Anyway, uh, so the Grand Canyon Star Party is the 32nd annual Grand Canyon Star Party. Um, it takes place at the Grand Canyon, obviously, uh, which is now officially uh, ranked as the um, darkest sky park in the United States. Um, I must agree with that. I've been to two other dark sky parks um, in my life. What, what, what is an official dark sky park, if you're asking? Uh, well, the IDA, which stands for the International Dark Sky um, Association. Uh, so the IDA, International Dark Sky Park. Yes, there's an abbreviation for that, too. It's IDSP. Uh, these sounds like computer codes, when, like back in computer games in the 90s, you know. IDKFA. If anybody knows what that code is, I will be thoroughly impressed. Please shoot me a message and tell me you understood what that is. I will. I will send you free NASA stuff. I'll give you some NASA stickers if you told me tell me exactly what code, what game, I just uh, referenced there. Um, so the uh, IDSP is a is a land possessing an exceptional or distinguished uh, quality of starry nights in a nocturnal environment that is specifically protected for its scientific, natural, educational, cultural heritage, and or public enjoyment. So that is the definite, I did not read that off a note card. No, or my hand. <clears throat> but that's the, um, that's what makes an official dark sky park a dark sky. Uh, it has to meet that criteria. It has to be officially certified by the International Dark Sky Association. I actually lobbied for my neighborhood to go dark. <laughs> and use red lights. Um, we have four lakes in my community. We have two wildlife conservations, which one of them I do live on. So I get all sorts of National Geographic type wildlife in my backyard. It's very pretty. We have an eagle who comes visits, sits on the, uh, on our fence and it, you know, looks at my cats. Not really doesn't look at my cats. It'll eat my cats if they see, if I let my cats outside. Um, we got sand cranes. We've got all sorts of other birds, hawks. We even have bats. Um, I haven't seen any gators. No gators, um, which is odd for Florida. But I haven't seen any yet. I'm sure at some point I will. Uh, but yeah, the wildlife in my backyard alone is just—it's great. I take a lot of my photos in my backyard, and when I put when I push it uh, on social media, it looks like uh, I might be in the middle of the jungle, and I'm really just in my backyard. Um, but yeah, I went. I, went, I lobbied in the neighborhood um, and said, hey, we should convert to red lights. You know, we have wildlife conservation and it, you know, helps protect. And I went into the whole, whole spiel of why artificial light is bad for human health, this, this, and this. And they didn't even want to hear any literature I wanted to give them. They were just like, no, no, we need more light. More light prevents crime. They didn't want lights, or they didn't want red light. They, they wanted more light, actually. They're, they're, everyone in my neighborhood is thoroughly convinced that more light prevents crime. So, we don't need more crime. The hell with the turtles. <laughs> so, um, in, instead of uh, leaving everything alone or not putting any red light in the neighborhood, they decided to uh, install 27 more. That's more. 27 more street lamps in my community to prevent more crime. So they uh, they did that. They wouldn't, not shielded. So if there's a street lamp in front of your house, that, that'll shine in the space. 
Since then, a bunch of houses have been broken into. <laughs> I, I shouldn't laugh at that, but uh, ain't gonna say I told you so. Yeah, uh, that, that's a true story. That I had, I actually had to install my own security system because of the increase in crime. Uh, ever since they've installed these streetlights, with people, people don't want to listen. All right, all right. Uh, we'll listen to me complain about my dumb neighbors on a different day. Uh, so, Grand Canyon Star Party. All right. So, that was a lot of fun. So, my uh, my friend Vanessa, she sends me a message. And she goes, hey, why don't you come participate in the Grand Canyon Star Party this year? And I, th- I go, hmm. <laughs> I didn't really think much about it. I go, all right. <laughs> Let me see if I can make I think I can make that happen. And um, I pulled a few strings together. And... I, um, she sent me all the information of people who I needed to contact, a guy named Jim, who, uh, was at the time the, the program coordinator. He, this was his last year. So I scared him away. I've scared Jim into retirement. He got one look at Astronic and he ran, uh, don't let that guy back next year. Um, so he, 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 a very good guy, very, he knows everybody. So he, he, even when I went to introduce myself to him, he knew exactly who I was. He hasn't met me before. He knows the names of every astronomer that participates in the grant. And there's a lot, absolutely a lot, not just people with telescopes. I think there were a total of 68 with us with our telescopes. But there's other astronomers who do other stuff there. They're doing other programs. They're, you know, they're, they're doing daytime programs. There's other nighttime programs that they do. They have these special guests. And he knows every single one of them by first name. So that's pretty remarkable. Um, in... From what I can gather, he's a great guy. So I feel uh, I feel unfortunate that I only got to um, participate one year where he's the program coordinator. Um, so I guess next year the the whole program will have a new coordinator. I don't know who. I don't think they know who that's going to be yet. But a guy named Jim. I, just, I spoke with Jim. He asked me to bring my uh, telescope out. You know, twenty. 2,100 miles away from where I live, uh, so I thought about the logistics of it. How much was? How much is this going to cost me to get my telescope, my eyepieces, my tripod, all my equipment that I need to operate my telescope onto an airplane? And I looked into it, and it would have cost me around $1,200 just to check my luggage. And I thought that was not feasible. So uh, we made the decision to drive. So we drove. And... Um, we turned it turned into a nice road trip. I made some stops in Texas. I got to see my friend Byron. Um, Byron is an entrepreneur of himself. He does so many cool things. Uh, he does a lot of work. Uh, for those who have watched my YouTube videos, uh, specifically my uh, solar system series, I think I am up to ten videos, eight to ten videos of my solar system series. Uh, the intro video and the video that plays at the end and the credits, uh, that song is written by him. My friend Byron, he goes by, uh, his artist's name is B-Roots. Uh, I hadn't seen him in 10 years. Um, we used to play in a metal band back in high school, and we have uh, been friends for a long time. I, I hadn't seen him in just about 10 years. So uh, he lives in Dallas, so stopped through Dallas on the way. We got some dinner, had a few drinks. We chatted. Byron does not believe that humans have landed on the moon uh i take that back he 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 says we he believes we went to the moon but not when we say we did not, no matter what kind of convincing i i tried he 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 wouldn't sway in the direction that you know the rest of us normal people sway in but he's adamant that we did not land on the moon uh 52 years ago 53 years ago wow 
Sorry. COVID. Uh, uh, stopped in Roswell, looked for aliens, found several. <laughs> People are strange in Roswell. No, I'm, I'm kidding. It was a really cool place. And then um, two days in Monument Valley, which was a, a bucket list. Um, I, I figured if I'm doing this road trip, I got to stop in Monument Valley. So I stopped in Monument Valley uh, for two days. Gorgeous place. Um, gorgeous place. Um, I, uh, Goldings? 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 I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, Lodge. Uh, that's where I stayed. I want to give them a shout out because I uh, took some photos while I was there of the Milky Way and they shared it and they shared my stuff uh, on their social media. So I, I want to reciprocate and tell you that, that if you visit Monument Valley, that's where you need to go. I think that's the, the, the most iconic place in Monument Valley to stay. There are a bunch of other places, but I think that's where um, that's the most well known. Go stay there. Uh, great view from your room. So all, all rooms have a special view of Monument Valley. And it does get pretty dark there. It doesn't get dark as dark, I should say, at the lodge. The lodge itself has, I don't know why they use yellow light. Um, it's not bright light. So it's not like uh, what you're normally used to, but they use this yellow light um, instead of red. And I'm not quite sure why they do this. Uh, this is also Navajo Nation. So they do a lot of things differently there. Um, still had to wear our masks on Navajo Nation. To my dismay, <laughs> we're happy you got COVID. Um, but yeah, the, the, it gets really dark there. Um, on the very first night, I drove out um, by myself to Forrest Gump Point. So if you've seen Forrest Gump, you know, the point in the movie where he stops running and everyone's behind him and he turns around and he goes home. Um, that that's Monument Valley in the background. And there's actually a place that's called Forrest Gump Point. It's now a tourist attraction where everybody gets out and takes photos. Uh, of course, I took photos in the daytime the following day, but the night before I went out there and I took some photos. Um, and even though this is not an official uh, dark sky park, that place where I was at at that point in time was the darkest sky that I have ever seen. So when I'm in a dark sky, the Milky Way shines. It, it, it's unbelievable. If you've never been in a dark sky, I think everyone needs to stop listening to this podcast, drop what they're doing, go visit a dark sky, come back, pick up and listen to the podcast. Any other dark sky I've been to, the the sky is like a, a navy blue where you have the Milky Way shining. It's this bright gray cloud, and it will cast a shadow on the ground. That I'm not making that up. That, that truly does happen. The stars themselves will cast a shadow on the ground because that's that's how dark it is. But in Monument Valley, I not only got that same effect, but the sky wasn't navy. It was pitch black. And I have never seen a actual pitch black sky, especially with the Milky Way glowing over the monuments. It blew me away. I got some really cool photos. One of those photos is in a photo contest. I'll plug all that stuff later on in the podcast. But one of the, it was one of the darkest, it's the darkest guy I've ever been in. And I'm by myself on this two-lane highway, and I don't know what's on my left or my right. And now I'm out there for, you know, two, two and a half hours just taking photos in a nice sky. So the, an astrophotographer can take, you know, a hundred or a thousand photos and come out with two good ones. So that's why we're out there for so long and 
I've only published, I think, one photo from Monument Valley so far. I have so many, I haven't gone through them and edited them all yet. But anyway, two days in Monument Valley after a spectacular time in Monument Valley, I went back, uh, uh, drove down to uh, the Grand Canyon. Uh, I got to meet Vanessa in person. We've only connected virtually um, over the last few years, um, especially during COVID. And I got to meet all these great people and uh, got to camp. So <laughs> I went from going from hotel to hotel to sleeping on the ground, um, which I actually was, uh, you know, I actually enjoyed. So the, the, the star party is, if you're not familiar with the star party, is it's a party where astronomers get together and we bring out our telescopes and we show people what the, you know, what objects look like through a telescope, what the night sky looks like through a telescope. So it's, if you're ever interested in getting a telescope for yourself and you never looked through one before and you're not quite sure which one you want to do or you're not quite sure how much money you want to spend, which is the most important aspect of telescope buying is your budget. Um, because if you don't want to spend the money, don't get don't get into it. You're not you're not going to be happy with the results if you buy a hundred dollar telescope. Uh, Star Party is the route to go. That that is uh, I told a lot of people that um, when I was at the Star Party, uh, I, I got to meet I I've probably met a thousand, over a couple thousand people. Um, I think my numbers are skewered for how many people actually looked through my telescope. But that's what the um, Star Party is. It's a Many people there, I think the actual number was 68 of us had telescopes, different types of telescopes. There's multiple kinds of telescopes. So I bring out my telescope, which is, uh, which is known, it's a refractor telescope. So I point it directly to the sky and I can look right through it. Um, and light goes right through the, t the optical tube right into my eyepiece. That's, what a ref that's a refractor in a nutshell. I'm not going to get into all the technical aspects of it. It's known as a five inch scope, which means that it's got five inch aperture. Uh, the optical tube, the length of it is 24 inches. So it's a pretty big telescope. It's about nine pounds. When I bring out my telescope at home, everyone looks at it like, wow, you have a, such a massive telescope. It's big. It must be able to see everything. Uh, it sees a lot of things. It doesn't see everything. I get to the star party, and my telescope is the smallest telescope <laughs> Out of ever. some somebody had a telescope that was slightly smaller than mine, and they're using that as their finding telescope. Some of these telescopes they look they uh, they look like cannons. These Dobson they're called Dobsonian telescopes. They're huge, and I'm not kidding you. And they look like actual cannons. You could step into this and fire yourself across a Grand Canyon. One of these. That's how big they are. Uh, so I felt, you know, like the baby. I'm very much a novice. A lot of these people have done it before. This was actually my first official star party. Uh, I've done like one of my own where I would just have people come look through my telescope. Um, but I never participated where there's so many different telescopes um, in an, at an official star party. So I get there and I'm looking and I'm like, oh my God, everyone's going to look at this guy and, and laugh. Um, that's actually, nobody laughed. I, everyone is super welcoming, comforting. So I, I bring out my telescope, and I meet all these people. Um, well, I assemble my telescope. I pick a spot on the lot. There's two lots. There's the bottom lot, and there's the top lot. And the top lot, um, they refer to it as the red light district, which uh, I thought was funny. Uh, if you're not familiar with stargazing or anything, we all, all astronomers use red light. Um, that's to make sure that we do not lose our night vision white light will ruin our night vision for a good 20 minutes. So when you go outside, your eyes need about 20 minutes to adjust to the dark sky. 
and the red light, it allows us to see uh, outside without disrupting our night vision. So that's why astronomers use red light. So if you saw the movie Don't Look Up in the very opening scene when they're in the observatory and they're looking at the night sky, the interior shots, they all have white light on. That is incorrect. If you go to any observatory, there will not be any white light on while they're observing the night sky. Doesn't exist. All red light. The exterior shots they got, um, you, you could see the inside. That's all red light. But when they were shooting inside, they all had white light on. Um, sorry, I thought I'd point that out. I'm fun to watch you know, scientific movies with. I will point out all the scientific inaccuracies and ruin the entire movie for you. But anyway, I set up my telescope in the red light district. And there's this guy next to me who's just also setting up. So I go over and I introduce myself. It's a guy named Rich, super nice guy. And I go, hey, so where, where'd you come from? And he goes, Florida. So here I drive 2,100 miles to the Grand Canyon Star Party, and I set up next to a guy who lives 20 minutes away from me. <laughs> I, think that's, uh, I think that's fate. Uh, so I thought that was funny. He was the only other guy from Florida. Um, super cool, very knowledgeable guy. Um, had a really good telescope. Um, he was doing his um, viewing right off of his computer so you could see what the images uh, truly look like if we could if our eyes weren't as sensitive and um, I had a blast man that the, there's so many people who've never looked through a telescope before and they're just in awe um, for <laughs> over the simplest things so for um, we have to align our telescopes in order for it to track um, so this way it moves exactly with the earth as it's rotating uh, through the solar system, through the Milky Way, so that this way that the center object that we're focused on never moves. So there's a the whole process that we have to do to make sure that this happens, especially if your telescope isn't, isn't stationary. So we have to do what's called an alignment. We have to align it with Polaris, the North Star, and then we do what's called a, a one-star, two-star, three-star alignment. And I am just finished my alignment for the night, so I can set up and show everybody the heavens. So I... I, I do my alignment, and then I, I point it back to our North Star. And as I'm doing that, I turn around, and I got about 50 people behind me wanting to look at what I have in the telescope. So I just say, hey, I'm middle of aligning, but if you want to check out the North Star, that was my mistake. I should have never offered to show anybody the North Star. A star, when you look at it, just a singular bright star in a telescope, it looks good. It does. It, it looks different. But it's not as spectacular if, as if I got a telescope that I can point to a nebula or to a galaxy or to a star cluster. Uh, unfortunately, there were no planets visible at the time uh, when the star party occurred. Uh, they actually, coincidentally, had a rare alignment in the morning where uh, six planets were visible early morning around 4 a.m. Uh, but during the time, no planets were visible. So everybody's checking out the North Star. So I start babbling off North Star facts and some North Star trivia and I spent a good two hours doing this because I couldn't kill my line. And I didn't want to make people wait and look at something different. And then when you're looking at something, your neighborhood astronomers that are next to you, they, they know what you're looking at. So they point at an object that you're not looking at so that, you know, people aren't looking at the same object through, you know, every telescope. So every, everyone around me is fixated on, a, on galaxies and nebulae. And I'm here looking at the North Star. But, but. As I'm looking, or as I'm guiding everybody to look at the North Star, everybody who looked at it is in awe. They're happy. They're loving the trivia. They're fascinated by this object. 
by just the North Star. And it just blew me away of how many people who've never looked through a telescope were just amazed by what they saw through my telescope. And it made my entire trip, that three-day drive back and forth, worth it. It was absolutely worth it just to show these people who've never looked through a telescope before. And, they got, and I'm, I felt happy that these people got to look through my telescope first before they went over to the 28-inch Dobsonian that was next to me <laughs> and start making fun of my small telescope. Um, it, it made me feel great. It, it really did. Um, I got to meet a lot of cool individuals. Um, some of them started following me on Instagram. And uh, th- thank you for the follow. I appreciate it. And... People have been, I've been getting a lot of messages. Uh, they've been looking at my content, my YouTube videos. Um, many of them were asking if I work directly for NASA. And of course, nope, I do not work for NASA. I am a NASA Solar System Ambassador. It is a volunteer program. And they were interested in their local Solar System Ambassadors. So I got to plug the Solar System Ambassador program while doing this as well. And I got you know, so many more people interested. So I hope uh, you know my fellow Solar System Ambassadors in your you know, in your, in your regions will get more, you know, increased press and interest from people at your events now because of this Grand Canyon Star Party. Uh, there were a couple other SSAs. Like I mentioned, Vanessa was there. Um, there was another girl who was part of our group, Tracy. Uh, she only, she was only, she left the day I came, uh, but she was there the days before. So the uh, the SSA program got a lot of press at this Grand Canyon Star Party. So it's, it's really good. And I got to give out a lot. I brought a, a, a tote of handouts. For the kids and some adults, and I gave away a lot of stickers, and uh, everybody seemed to have an overall great experience from this star party. I cannot wait to go back next year. Um, I don't think I'm going to drive. I, th- I think I'm going to fly. I don't think I'll be able to do telescope viewing, unfortunately. I'll have to partner with somebody else. If you want to attend the Grand Canyon Star Party next year, it will occur on June 10th through June 10th through June 10th through June 17th of 2023 for next year's Grand Canyon Star Party. So if you would like to attend, it is free. You do not have to make reservations. You do not have to buy any tickets. I would suggest just getting a hotel nearby. If you want to come out and camp on the campground, uh, please feel free to do so. The astronomers have their own separate uh, part of the campground where they kind of hibernate. And we spend a lot of time at night just taking photos. Um, Nobody really sets up their telescope at the the campsite. Many of them, uh, a lot of them leave it up at the telescope lot. I wasn't doing that. It's not uh, mine's not big enough. Uh, mine's eat, it takes me twenty minutes to assemble and take it down. But if you want to attend the Grand Canyon Star Party uh, next year, it's in June, June tenth through June seventeenth, twenty twenty three. So that was the Grand Canyon Star Party in a nutshell. Great time. Uh, they do constellation tours um, where you know they'll have three guides and they'll take these green lasers and they'll show you the constellations, tell you some cool folklore about them. Um, and a lot of history on what, you know, the Greeks and the Romans and the Native Americans and how they all use the constellations and they all have different stories and different perspectives. And it's a really good learning experience. So not only are you learning the constellations in the sky, but you're learning a, a history about them from different cultures. And that's really important uh, and very fascinating at the same time. They also have a, a presenter or something different every night Well, they'll have um, somebody doing a big presentation. They had a orchestra doing uh, astronomy-themed songs, which was incredible. I didn't get a chance to hear them, unfortunately, but everyone was raving about them and that they requested that they come out for the astronomers during the star party next year. So that would be really cool. I hope they make that work. Uh, so hopefully that happens. 
Uh, but it's really cool. I'm still working on many photos from the Grand Canyon Star Party. You can check them up on my Instagram. Um, but yeah, Grand Canyon Star Party, come come check us out next year. Uh, lots and lots of fun. Very free. Get to look through a telescope, get to see some stuff. And when I'm there, um, swing by where I'm at. We'll take a photo. I'll give you some NASA stickers. I'll tell you about the Solar System Ambassadors program. And we'll have a great time. All right. Uh, I'd like to move on. Um, plug a little bit of NASA news. Um, you know, I am a NASA Solar System Ambassador, and that's what you know we're all about, spreading space news. Uh, so the James Webb Telescope. Images will be released on Tuesday, July 12th. We are almost there, a few days away. Uh, so NASA uh, released yesterday its list of objects of what they're going, uh, what they're going to show us. Um, I, I didn't think they were going to do that. I thought they were just going to let us be surprised. Um, the Carina Nebula is going to be one of the images. Uh, the Carina Nebula is the um, one of the largest and brightest nebula in the sky. Uh, it's seven seventy six hundred light years away in the southern constellation of Carina. Obviously, it's Carina Nebula. Uh, so the Carina Nebula is home to many massive stars that are several times larger than the sun. So I look forward to seeing this. Uh, WASP-96b is a giant planet outside our solar system. We're going to look at a giant planet outside our solar system. Oh, my. Um, you know, usually we see artist renditions of what a planet we discovered looks like because we can't see it because it's so far away. So I'm, I actually think I'm more excited to see this. I'm, 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 it's not going to look like Earth, you know. Uh, I want to get that, er clear that out of your head. It's not going to be like that. It's not going to be like, oh my God. No, don't be disappointed when you look at it. It might, it's probably going to look like a star. It's probably going to look like a small pinpoint. Um, I, I have hoped that it'll look a lot more spectacular than that, but that's probably what it's going to look like. Um, so don't be disappointed. But the fact that this telescope can see that, that in itself is amazing. So the, the, I'm, I'm, more, I'm very excited to see WASP-96b. Uh, the Southern Ring Nebula uh, will also be released. Uh, that's about 2,000 light years away from Earth. Uh, Stefan's Quintet. I'm probably not saying that right because I'm not familiar with that object. Uh, but that's about 290 million light years away. That's why it's just astronomy, comedy. I, if I get something wrong, it's funny. Funny. At least I'm telling you that I'm not sure I got it right. Um, and then the uh, SMACS0723, it's a massive foreground galaxy cluster. Oh, ooh, a cluster of galaxies. Oh, that's going to be awesome to look at. I can't wait to see that too. Wow, so Tuesday, Tuesday, these are all going to be released. And uh, there's plenty of ways you can see this. You can look at the live release of these images on many platforms. One of them is nasa.gov. Uh, so you go there, they will have a live stream of it. Also, space.com will also have this. And then many of my fellow NASA Solar System ambassadors will be doing live image release parties. Um, there are some of them that are in person. So what I would suggest is you can visit the NASA SSA website. Um, Google type in Solar System Ambassadors. It'll bring up the website, and you can look at upcoming events, and you can find a local event near you, or you can find a virtual event that you wish to attend. All the information will be there. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the link in my link tree on Instagram, in my Instagram bio. So if you visit my Instagram, uh, Instagram slash Astronic, A-S-T-R-0-N-I-C-K, um, and click my link tree, I will have the NASA SSA website in there for you guys to click. Um, also, you can check out the webtelescope.org 
Um, there's a link in there for first images. You can watch the live event there as well. I, you know what, uh, just for this event, I will link that as well. I want everybody to see these images. So I will put that in there as well. Uh, so Tuesday, we're, we're very big. It's, you know, this has been, you know, over a decade in the waiting uh, for many. Uh, it's going to s blow Hubble out of the water with, with, it, with its images. Again, I say water like that because I'm from Philly. Get over it. You know, honestly, all of you guys have been saying it incorrectly. Philly is where, you know, the United States was founded. So, really, we don't have the accent. Everyone else in America does. You know, we're speaking the correct pronunciation. So, with that said, I need to go get a glass of water because I've been talking for too long. I'm still battling COVID. So, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, we'll talk next week about the James Webb Telescope images and how amazing they are. I can't wait to see them. We'll talk about some other things. Hopefully, I'm feeling a lot better. Um, maybe I can get back to work. I don't like sitting around doing nothing. I can't tell you how frustrating I am. Like, I'm already bored playing Xbox. Like, I don't even want to touch my Xbox. I've been sitting for five days, sick as a dog. All right, so that's it. I'm Astronek. Thank you for listening. Take care, and we'll see you next time.